Hey, everybody. We appreciate you. We love you. We're praying for each and every one of you. We pray that all of you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Thank know you that you guys God. are probably still eating over. Hey, we want to bless you guys with something. Eating over. My girl, okay, I, I messed it up. <laughs> that you guys are still eating Left the leftovers. Mm, okay. All right, because okay. y'all know my girl. She wants me to always be correct. All right, we want to bless you guys with something. Uh, Pastor Cheney and I had the opportunity uh, to minister for a virtual convocation, uh, Numa Life Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And uh, can I tell you something? You guys are going to be so proud of Pastor Cheney. She blazed the joint. Uh, both of us had an opportunity to be a part of this convocation uh, with presiding Bishop Robert Lyons Jr. You know, that's and very the, awkward when you do that. Don't do it. She blazed the joint. Don't do that. That makes me feel weird. So, guys, she has a problem with honor. <laughs> no, right? I don't. You Just can't tell it. me how to talk about my wife. It makes me be like. Okay, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Just live with it. And so um, for the next couple of weeks, man, you guys are going to see these videos of us, virtual videos, man. Baby, what did you talk about? I talked about overcoming fear while you're on your journey to wholeness. On your journey to wholeness. And I'm going to be talking about how do you evangelize in a cancel culture? I believe that these two virtual videos that you guys are going to see are going to bless you. Uh, you're going to enjoy them. And remember that your life matters, Jesus matters, and worship matters and all the time. And I was able to put on a skirt and some shoes. I was very excited about that. <laughs> hey, take some time and enjoy these next two weeks. We love you. And remember that it's all about Jesus in this season. We love you. Have a great day. Peace. Bless everyone on today. How is everyone doing? We're going to get right into um, the word, the message. Uh, we are talking about fighting uh, blind, overcoming fear. And, you know, we're living in a time that the spirit of fear is running rampant. Everywhere we turn, fear is being incited. And if we allow fear to overtake our minds, our atmosphere, our lives, then fear will dissipate the very truth of the word that was made flesh, which is Jesus. When we define the word fear, fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by the awareness of danger. An unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation, which means looking forward. An unpleasant, strong emotion. Emotions mean, the definition for emotion is a conscious mental reaction, subjectively experienced, as strong feeling. So emotions are feelings and feelings are designed to move us in a direction. My question to you today is where will fear, the unpleasant strong emotion caused by anticipation,
the unpleasant strong emotion caused by the awareness of danger. Where will fear move you? Will it move you to victory or will it move you to defeat? Again, we're talking for a brief moment about fighting blind, overcoming fear as we're on our journey to hope. I also looked up the definition for fighting and it stated designed or trained to fight in combat, fit to fight, showing readiness to fight, aggressive. And we all can say that blindness or blind to be blind is, is it means sightless. So blindness can come in different ways, but whichever way it comes, when you're fighting blind, you're trained to fight in combat sightless. And, and when, I, when, when, when I was thinking about that, I said, wow, we must rely on our training. We must rely on our knowledge, on, on our belief, without worrying about what we can see. When I think of fighting blind, Overcoming fear, fighting blind, means that we have to rely on our knowledge, our training, our teaching, no matter what we can see. When I thought about that, I remembered this movie that my dad used to watch a long time ago. It was called Kung Fu. And, and in that movie, there was um, a young man named Cain, and the, his master called him Grasshopper, and the master's name was Master Poe, and Master Poe was blind. But Master Poe did not allow his blindness to stop him from fighting, didn't allow his blindness to stop him from training, didn't allow his blindness to stop him from mentoring. Master Poe was blind, but the only way you, you didn't know that he was blind from his actions. His character did not show that he was blind. You would have had to just know that he was blind, or you would have to look at his eyes because you know you, you didn't see his eyes were a little different. Master Poe was blind, but he was still able to function. He was still able to fight using his trainness, even though he couldn't see. And then I thought about another movie that I used to watch called Bloodsport. And that was with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And in that movie, he was in a tournament. And one of his opponents in the tournament didn't want him to win, so he intentionally threw sand in his eyes. And Jean-Claude Van Damme had to decide in that very moment, would he give up? How would he make it through this tournament? But what he did was he chose to manage his emotions and rely on his training manage his emotions and rely on his teaching. He managed his emotions and he uh, relied on, on his beliefs, which is, I know how to do this. I've trained to do this. I've trained to do this with my eyes closed. So he decided that he would manage his emotions and he allowed, he allowed his training and his teaching, even though he was blind physically, to allow, he allowed his training and teaching to carry him to victory. I also thought about, oh, I'm doing movies, I'm doing movies, movies came to my mind. Um, I also thought about the movie Karate Kid. Daniel's son was in a tournament 
And in the tournament, he was doing so well and the guys were so evil and so mean, they intentionally injured his leg. Now he couldn't put any pressure on his leg. His leg was full of pain. And you guys know when pain strikes your body, it begins to mess with your mind. It begins to mess you up. So Daniel's son had mental blindness. But Daniel's son also had to manage. He had to take control over his emotion, that unpleasant feeling, that unpleasant strong emotion. He had to manage, take control over that emotion, over that fear to get himself to victory. That is what we need to find ourselves doing today. Managing our emotions. Understanding that a fighter must not be concerned with what they do not see. They must collect themselves and rely on their training, rely on their knowledge, rely on their belief in order to overcome and prevail. We're going to look at 2 Chronicles 20. We're going to skip around. We're going to hit verses 1 through 4, verses 4 through 14 through 17 and verses 20 through 22. It says, Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Minyanites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram. And behold, they are in Hazazan Tamar. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. We're going down to verse 14. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus said the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Zid, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeril. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to say that again. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. Verse 20 said, they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised his holy attire. 
in holy attire. As they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushments against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. I love this chapter for the wisdom and the example of Jehoshaphat overcoming fear. Jehoshaphat understood the necessary behavior to fighting blind, overcoming fear. The first thing Jehoshaphat chose to do was he chose to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat was afraid, at the, the scripture tells us, at the news that the sons and the armies were coming against him to make war with him. However, his response in being afraid, his character in front of the people shows that despite his circumstances, he chose to rely on his training and he turned his attention to seek the Lord. He chose to rely on his training. And when I say that, I say that because in, in 2 Chronicles 17, 3, 2 Chronicles 17, 3 says, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father, David's earlier years. He, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed his father, David's commandments. So Jehoshaphat, when fear tried to uh, raise itself up against him, Jehoshaphat relied on his training. So when fear tries to attach itself to our lives, we should remember exactly what fear is. An unpleasant, strong emotion, often caused by anticipation or the awareness of danger. An unpleasant feeling that's just designed to move you to a destination. The key to fighting blind is overcoming fear. Having the ability to manage, that's how you overcome. You have to have the ability to manage, the ability to harness, the ability to control, the ability to have authority over those feelings, authority over that very emotion. Jehoshaphat was able to manage his emotion and he began to seek the Lord. And he followed in David's examples. Not only did he seek the Lord, but he was able to guard his heart. How did he guard his heart? He was able to proclaim that everyone around him, everyone in earshot, would begin to seek the Lord. Everyone around him was saying the same thing, doing the same thing. He, every time he looked, he saw everyone doing the same thing. They were on one accord. So we must seek the Lord in order to overcome fear. We also must do as he did and heed the instruction. Verse 15 tells us that when Jehaziel told the people, he said, Jehoshaphat, listen, people, do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. Here comes the instructions. Tomorrow, go, don't fight, station yourself, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Hold up, hold up. That's not what we would normally do today. 
Today, when we are faced with fear, we're faced with opposition, we're not trying to hear the Lord say, hold, don't, go stand there, go there, stand, don't fight, don't say a word. The first thing we say is he say one more thing to me. One more, see the way I'm made is my pettiness can't take that. My clap back is real. Say one more thing. I dare you, please say one more thing. That's how we respond. But that's not how, that's not what Jehoshaphat did. We, we, we like to say obedience is better than sacrifice, but, but it actually really is. But how many times have we allowed fear to cause us not to heed the full instruction? We cry out to the Lord when he gives us instructions. But we allow fear to cause us to retreat. We cannot overcome if we continue to retreat every time an unpleasant, strong emotion caused by the awareness of danger or anticipation shows its face. Mark 4 and, and 35 through 41, Jesus and his disciples were together and Jesus told them, let us go over to the other side. So Jesus and the disciples get on a boat and, and while they're on the boat, uh, uh, the scripture says that a, a fierce gale wind arose and waves were, 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 were splashing and breaking over the boat and water was filling the boat. And during this time, the scripture tells us that Jesus was asleep on a cushion and the disciples woke him up and they said, uh, uh, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus got up and told the waves and the winds to hush and be still. And then he turned to his uh, uh, disciples and he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? All the training that you've received, all the miracles that you've seen, all the blessings that Christ has bestowed upon our lives today, do you still have no faith? That's a good question to ask yourself right now. Why am I so afraid? Why do I still have no faith? All of the training, all of the blessings, why? Because see, the bottom line is if Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, guess what? We're going to the other side. It doesn't matter what the winds are doing. It doesn't matter what the waves are doing. It doesn't matter how much water coming into the boat. It doesn't matter if the boat sinks because he said we're going over to the other side. So if I have to swim, I'm getting to the other side. If I have to doggy paddle, I'm getting to the other side. If I have to float, I'm getting to the other side because Jesus said we're going to the other side. So we're going to the other side. Psalms 37, 23 says the Lord directs the step of the godly. He delights in the very detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by hand. 119.97 says, oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Seek the Lord, heed his instructions, and then you must believe the word. Jehoshaphat tells his people, believe the word of the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord, and they would be established. How 
were they able to believe the Lord, but they had not gotten their victory. Their victory had not been manifested in the natural. But yet somehow they were able to believe the word of the Lord. How many times have the spirit of the Lord spoken to us through the bishop, through the pastor, through your leader, but you didn't recognize or you didn't believe or you didn't want to receive the word? How many times have we made up the word of the Lord for ourselves in our own minds because we didn't like the instruction? No way in the world am I getting ready to go and position myself and I'm going to stand and allow them to keep talking trash to me. No way in the world am I going to sit and stand in my enemy's face and allow my enemy to get the best of me and I don't say nothing. The instructions were to go, position yourself, stand and see. Don't fight. And that's what we have a problem with. But Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean to our own understanding. In all of our ways, we are to acknowledge him that he may make our paths straight. We love to quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But do we actually understand what it's actually telling us? It's actually telling us that in order for him to make our path straight, we have to trust in him and acknowledge him in all of our ways. In everything we do, we must inquire of the Lord. Why should we do that? Because his word is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. When we can believe the word of the Lord, it truly does not matter what is in our way. It truly does not matter what wind, nor wave, nor army comes because we trust in the Lord. If we allow our faith to align with the word and begin to speak the word audibly, begin to pray, begin to confess the word of the Lord, we shall have what we say. Now, I know some of you all, because people like to say, think I'm not in tune to what's really going on in today's situation. I am. I do know that there is plenty of death. There is plenty of evil. There is plenty of malice going on right now. I am aware of what is going on in our land, but I choose to manage my emotions. I choose to meditate on the Lord and on his word and not what my enemies are doing. I am aware of the enemy's hand. The enemy's hand is to come steal, kill, and destroy. I am aware of that, but I choose to meditate on the word. I choose to speak what the scripture says. In, 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 in Daniel, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the three Hebrew boys in Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when King Nebuchadnezzar tried to taunt them. And he said that if they did not bow to the golden calf, that he would throw them in the blazing fire. And they res their response to him, 
no matter what is a little different than ours because if you think about that in today when situations come up against us we sometimes retreat but again if we continue to retreat how do we gain the victory their response to King Nebuchadnezzar this is my response if it be so our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and he will deliver us out of your hand but even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your God or worship the golden image that you have set. And you know, you have to sometimes have the aggression. I told you that another definition for the word fighting means aggressive. You have to sometimes get aggressive with the enemy and say like Esther say, if I perish, I perish, but I will not retreat. I will believe the word of the Lord. I will seek the Lord. I will heed his instructions. I will believe the Lord no matter what. We have become a powerless, passive people due to our lack of seeking, heeding, and believing. The scripture tells us that our tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. We have the power and the authority to open up our mouths and tell the winds and tell the waves to hush in the name of Jesus. We have the power to call those things that be not into existence. We've been given the power. We've been given the authority. We've been given the dominion because greater is God in me than he that is in the world. Greater is God in me than my current situation. Greater is God in me than the spirit of fear. That is why you must seek the Lord. You must heed his instructions. You must believe his word. And when I do those things, I can begin to do as Jehoshaphat and I can praise him in advance. I can praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I can say that regardless of me ever seeing my victory because I believe him. I can praise him and say praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fear. So make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. When you begin to bless the Lord, any unpleasant, Every unpleasant, strong emotion caused by anticipation. Every unpleasant, strong emotion caused by the awareness of danger will absolutely dissipate because you have been able to manage your emotion. So sing unto the Lord a new song. For he have done a marvelous thing. His right hand and his holy arm has gotten him the victory. For I am on my journey to hope. God bless you.